0: Welcome to Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I am your host and I appreciate you being here. So usually on the podcast, we have monthly series, which are central themes and topics related to wellness and well-being focused topics. We've talked about financial health and habits and relationships and leveling up and mindset but this month I actually wanted to switch things up a little bit. It's June, at least at the time that this episode is coming out. I kind of wanted to do something a little lighter, something cute for the summertime. So the theme this month is called black women doing cool shit. And it's me inviting on content creators that I love to follow, that I'm inspired by to talk more about how they create, what they're up to A lot of them are probably already some of your faves. Maybe you'll find a new fave, but I'm just really excited to have conversations with other creators that I feel really inspired by. So we are kicking things off today with an amazing guest. This is Ashley Menzies-Babatunde, who is the creator and host of the No Straight Path podcast, which is a platform focused on millennial-focused conversations about the twists and the turns and the pivots that are behind some of the accolades that we hear about. So Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love you. Love your content. So I'm excited to dig in. Thank you so much. Well, I love you and your content. So this is perfect. There are so many things that I'm excited to dig into today related to your story, because I think our audience really appreciates kind of no pun intended, but paths that aren't straight that aren't linear, because sometimes we often see the really high points behind the achievements that people have. And we kind of skip over some of the other things that it took to get them there. So I know that that's your specialty. And I'm really excited to get into that with you today. Yeah, let's let's do it. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, yes. You're an attorney, you're a podcast host. One part of your story that I would love to get into is kind of going back to the beginning. So, one of your very first episodes of your podcast when you were introducing yourself, you talked about 10-year-old Ashley and some goals that 10-year-old Ashley had. I would love to hear more about what some of those goals were. What happened with those?
1: You know, listen, 10-year-old Ashley was intense. (laughs) She was an overachiever. And a manifester, Mm -hmm. surprisingly. And Mm -hmm. so I actually wrote down all of my goals at the age of 10, still have that letter. I love that. Yes, (laughs) with incorrect spelling and all. (laughs) And I said a number of things that included that I wanted to go to Stanford for college. It said Stanford or USC, Mm -hmm. also go to Harvard Mm -hmm. and also become an attorney. Mm -hmm. And I did do all of those things. Amazing. And it, it was a struggle though to get to all of those things. And I also talked about just the things that I even love today. Like I love shopping mm-hmm. was in there that I love Italian food. Mm-hmm. It still shows up. So it's so interesting because a lot of our childhood selves, it shows up in who we are today. And that's how you also figure out if you were living in alignment, mm-hmm. which I talk a lot about in my podcast. But going back to childhood, Ashley, I also had to heal some things mm-hmm. and change some things because I defined so much of my self-worth on my accomplishments yeah. because I had accomplished so much. And since the mm-hmm you know, I was 10, I've been striving towards these goals. So 10-year-old Ashley was very focused, hardworking, and I certainly admire a lot of things about
0: her, but I'm also very grateful for the growth. Yeah. Can we talk more about the growth? Because it's amazing that at 10 years old, you had the ambition to have these amazing goals and that you have achieved so many of them two decades later is actually really, really amazing. And sometimes I think when we do have these audacious goals and we reach them, there can sometimes be this almost kind of like achievement hangover where it's like, I did that thing and here I am. I'm still me. (laughs) Have you felt that? And how have you navigated that?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I felt that. And, you know, I had to think about Okay. Am I enjoying the journey? And I think most of those moments have been anticlimactic. So Mm -hmm. as an example, graduating from law school, great experience, Mm -hmm. you know, fun day. It was actually raining, which I think they say is good luck. Mm -hmm. But what about the journey before that? Was Mm -hmm. I enjoying the journey? Mm -hmm. Did I like who I was at that time? And there are a lot of times. I did not like that version of myself. Mm. I was exhausted. I was overworked. I was short-tempered at times. I don't think it perhaps showed to the outside world because my personality is pretty positive and bubbly. But, you know, in those intense periods to my closest friends, to my family, very focused on the next gold star as opposed to... What's going on in the here and the now? Mm-hmm. And am I actually liking the work that I'm doing? Yeah. And so I had to reframe my relationship with success and my definition of success. And I more so think about the daily habits, yeah. the daily journey. Do I like who I am today? Mm-hmm. Do I like what I'm doing today? And even if I don't like parts of it, do I like who I'm becoming? Right. And to get to where I've gotten, I don't. I don't want to say I would go back and change it, but I'm doing things differently and I'm grateful for it. Because if you're just living for the next gold star, yep. the goalpost is always going to move. Always. It's always going to move. It's yep. still moving. Yeah. Right? I was a, a turning now. I'm like, oh, I'm a podcaster. Okay. I've got to get X downloads and do X, Y, and Z. It's yep. always moving. But do I like who I'm becoming, what I'm doing? And I can thankfully say that I do. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Because I think sometimes we forget about the day-to-day. We get so focused on the goal. But you also don't want to look back at maybe times or seasons you've had in your life and be like, yeah, I reached that goal, but I was miserable. Because that's time that you never get back. Yes. That part. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes, too, we don't always reach our goals. And that's okay. But also if trying to reach certain achievements or certain goals is what is driving you. And sometimes we don't hit that mark. I've had to learn the hard way that I still need to be okay within myself. And so sometimes compromising that sense of self or compromising just that base foundation of whether that's rest or whether that's doing the things that make you feel most yourself, when you compromise those things and then still don't reach the goal, it's like, well. (laughs) you're just mad. Yeah. (laughs) Just super mad. Which I know I felt that was most of my 20s, if I'm being honest, but yeah. it's one of those things that, yes, sometimes to get the things that we want to get, it does require a level of sacrifice for some things, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to sacrifice ourselves, which sounds like what you, you've learned. Yeah, a wonderful lesson learned. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I would love to talk more about No Straight Path, which is your podcast. Can you tell us more about the No Straight Path Origin story. Where did No Straight Path come from? And what made you decide to press record and put the podcast in the world? Absolutely.
1: So it is related to childhood, Ashley, Mm -hmm. and achieving all of those goals. Yeah. And thinking that most of my life would be linear. Mm -hmm. You follow these linear paths. I followed these linear trajectories and traditional spaces. I was also a track athlete and Mm -hmm. ran at Stanford. So, and I achieved everything that I thought I would achieve. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to the point where I didn't, where it didn't go according to plan, Mm -hmm. I was devastated. And I would definitely describe myself as a resilient person and someone who would push through. But I honestly didn't know how to handle my first big professional failure. Mm -hmm. And that was the California bar exam. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have those resilience tools. I didn't have those I didn't have that muscle. I hadn't really built up that muscle in that way. How do you actually deal with failure? I knew how to pull late nights. I knew that kind of resilience. I knew how to do all of that, but I didn't know how to actually handle a setback Mm -hmm. in a very healthy way. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I wanted to be able to help people get through this challenge because I needed help at the time. You know, you Mm -hmm. create the content Mm -hmm. that you need. Yep. And so it started with the blog post. So I knew that I was going to pass the exam because I still had that confidence Mm -hmm. in me. And so I thought, okay, when I pass this, I'm going to at least write something because it felt so lonely, especially as a black high achieving woman, mm-hmm. I felt like there's a lot of pressure on us to be perfect mm-hmm. because we're the only one. I was the only one in all of these spaces. Mm-hmm. And so you're always, the you represented it. Yeah. And so I felt a heightened pressure, Yeah, you know? And so when I put out that blog post, it actually resonated with a number of people. And it made me realize, okay, perhaps there's a gap in the market here. Mm-hmm. Perhaps people need to hear more stories like this. This was yeah. 2018 at the time. We've seen more content mm-hmm. around that, which is great. Yeah. But at the time, it felt quite lonely. Right. Honestly, like yeah. me reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming and seeing that she had to retake the exam mm-hmm. gave me so much comfort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I thought, okay, one day I'm going to put out a podcast mm-hmm. and I'm going to share these stories and it's expanded. So I share finding purpose, Mm -hmm. pivots, setbacks, but all of the humanity behind the experience so that people feel less alone and that they realize it's really not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. because a lot of people actually fail the bar exam and they go on to become successful lawyers. And I am an example of that. That is my testimony is what Mm -hmm. my mom and all my other church ladies, mom friends (laughs) (laughs) would say, that's your testimony, girl. So that is my testimony. And so I wanted to share other testimonies from, you know, a career perspective on my Mm -hmm. podcast. And so that is how I started No Straight Path. So planted the seed in 2018, Mm -hmm. fast forward. And in 2022, I put out the podcast teaser Mm -hmm. to honor my mother's memory. Mm -hmm. And it was just a beautiful kind of Honestly, it was more of a grief project for me and a passion project because it was something that she really loved and really cared about. I was like, I'm just going to put it in the universe on her birthday and see what happens. And then I say this is divine timing in that three weeks later, HubSpot reached out to me Mm -hmm. to join their Accelerator Creator program. Mm And I did have to Google creator and accelerator. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. I was deep in my law firm life, billing all my hours. Law firm life and content creator life could not be like further apart.
1: Exactly. So I did not really understand what I was signing up for, Mm -hmm. but I'm so grateful I did. And so that put me on this trajectory of actually pursuing the podcast Mm -hmm. and putting out weekly content Mm -hmm. and, you know, learning so much about myself and other people's stories and helping people through their journeys. So
0: yeah, it's been amazing. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. There's so much goodness that you said that I want to come back to and keep talking about a bit more. You talked about experiencing setbacks and experiencing failure as a muscle, which is such a great analogy. I also use it all the time about so many different things because it is like a skill that we build. And sometimes for people who are very high achieving and who are used to being really ambitious and reaching these goals, setbacks, if you haven't experienced them very often, can be so Devastating mm-hmm. and learning how to embrace those setbacks if you haven't experienced them before can be so so hard and something I've also had a hard lesson with. Now that you have gone through that experience, how have you kind of strengthened that muscle to be able to better navigate setbacks?
1: Yeah, so there are a few things. One thing that I think people should do is definitely first honor the pain. Mm-hmm. Honor the feelings. It's okay. I'd certainly put a time limit on mine. Love that. (laughs) Get a little accountability partner or something like that and say, okay, I'm going to grieve this setback for four days. Yep. And then I am going to figure out my next steps. Yep. So just be action oriented. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this didn't happen. How can I pivot to X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Or how can I problem solve? Mm-hmm. Or how can, what can I do next to get to where I want to be? Because it could even just look different. Mm-hmm. So I think problem solving is extremely important and then normalizing the setback, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what. My show does, your show does, content creation does to a certain extent when we're realizing that we're all human Mm -hmm. and this is actually quite normal Mm -hmm. and that we're only seeing the social media highlight. This is actually an important part of your journey. Right. And the last thing is that you're always learning. Yeah. So, you don't even some people don't even use the word failure. They've just left it out mm-hmm. of their vocabulary. Some mm-hmm. of the most resilient people, they're like, "Oh, I'm just learning. Oh, I'm just pivoting. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is just the next step in my journey." Yeah. And I found that extremely encouraging and
0: inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. What's so good about that is that we see that setback as an experience and not a reflection of ourselves. Because sometimes when we identify so closely with our achievements, we feel the same way about the setbacks. We feel like the setback is because of our shortcoming when really it's, okay, how can I learn? How can I approach this differently? Or how can I do something different next time as opposed to it being about us or it being about our worth?
1: I completely agree. I often say it's not the accomplishments, mm-hmm. and it's not these setbacks that define who I am. Mm-hmm. It's those human qualities, yes. right? So it's that resilience. It's that optimism. It's that willingness to work hard and go forward. It's that willingness to also give myself grace. Mm-hmm. It's those human innate qualities that never leave you. Yep. That's what defines me yes. and who I am, not this outside stuff. Mm-hmm. This outside stuff is a
0: distraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And when you focus on those human qualities, that can apply to anything. Whether someone has a career change or a career pivot or a setback that they need to work through, those human qualities and those skills are going to be what get you through that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a bit of a caffeine sensitive girly. If I'm not careful, I can easily overdo it. It can make me feel jittery, anxious, interrupt my sleep. And for those seasons when I just can't with regular coffee, I love looking for alternatives that give me a clean energy boost without the crash. And my go-to beverage of choice in the morning has been mud water. Mudwater is a coffee alternative with four adaptogenic mushrooms and Ayurvedic herbs that has way less caffeine than coffee. It has incredible ingredients, each serving their own purpose, like cacao and chai for a boost of energy, lion's mane to support focus, cordyceps for physical performance, chaga and reishi for immune support, and cinnamon for antioxidants. In the mornings, I like to blend my mud water with some hot water, a little bit of monk fruit to sweeten it up, and then a few spoonfuls of the mud water creamer, which is amazing. Also great for travel because it's powdered. It has coconut milk and MCT powder. It helps me feel focused and energized without the jitters or a crash later in the day. So I recommend grabbing a starter kit from mud water with your favorite blend so that you have everything you need to create a new morning ritual. To try it, go to mudwater.com com balanced. That's spelled M U D W T R dot com slash balanced to support the show and use the code balanced for fifteen percent off your first order. I'm letting you in on the amazing tool that keeps Balanced Black girl running, and that is Notion. Between running this podcast, managing our editorial calendar, working on various brand campaigns, creating content for our newsletters, YouTube, and social media channels, there are a lot of moving pieces and I have to use reliable tools to help me manage it all. And Notion is by far my favorite. I used to use a separate project management tool and then create all of our content in docs and then use an instant messenger to ping everyone about their deliverables. But now I can just do everything I need to do in Notion and it has made my work so much smoother. And now using Notion to manage your tasks just got even better. They just launched Notion Projects, which provides new powerful ways to manage projects and leverage the power of their built-in AI features. Notion Projects combines project management with your docs, knowledge base, and AI, so you can stop jumping between tools and paying so much for them too. In just one workspace, you can do everything you need to get your projects over the finish line, from brainstorming, to drafting launch plans, to organizing sprints, and keeping everyone on deadline. I also love how customizable notion is. We have so many customizable dashboards specifically for balanced black girl. You can view projects in any which way that your brain works. You can look at a timeline, a table, or a Kanban board. There's also powerful filtering and automation features. So you can work exactly the way you want to work. And on top of that, Notion AI helps you automate all of that tedious overhead, like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps, which frees you up to focus and do the deep work. Do your most efficient work with Notion Projects. You can try it for free today at notion.com slash balanced. And that's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash balanced. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion is my number one tool for staying balanced. And I really want you to give it a try. So visit notion.com slash balanced. So Along the same lines, I think for a lot of us, especially when we think about ambitious Black women, our identities and our ambition are like this. Like a lot of our worth can come from the things that we achieve and the goals that we reach. How have you learned how to navigate and unlearn that feeling? Yeah,
1: That's a great question. I think it's certainly a balancing act Mm -hmm. and something that I have to continue to work on. Yeah, I am certainly a lot better than I was before. Mm -hmm. And I think one way to decouple who you are from what you do Mm -hmm. is to figure out who you are outside of work, Yeah, right? You've got to figure that out. You've got to figure out what lights you up. Mm -hmm. You've got to figure out what kind of hobbies you might have, what you would do if you didn't have to work? If capitalism didn't exist, you know, who are you outside of that? And I Mm -hmm. feel like my sabbatical has actually given me the time to really dig deep into that, Mm -hmm. which has been really, really nice. So I think that the first step is just, honestly, I journal. Mm -hmm. Writing down who you are outside of these other titles is really amazing. Mm -hmm. And I know that I am someone who love storytelling. Yeah. I love people. I love human connection. Mm-hmm. I love making people feel seen and heard. Mm-hmm. I love feeling seen and heard. Yeah. Because you can do this in the context of work or outside right. of work too, figuring yeah. out, you know, they translate. Yeah. I am someone who loves my family. You think about your values, yeah. right? And so my family is a huge part of my values I like to feel free. Mm -hmm. Freedom is a part of my value system as well. It's really defining all of those things for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you start to feel better about whatever else is going on in life because there's Mm -hmm. ups and downs. You're not moving with the ups and downs of life. Your mood is not moving with that because you have a strong sense of self outside of work. Yeah, And I think that that is instrumental to your well-being and your happiness and your joy and your fulfillment.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good because I think when we give so much power to our occupations or to work, that's giving power to something that is largely outside of our control. There is some of it is within our control but a lot of it isn't. When we look at maybe the tech industry right now, which is an industry where people are getting laid off left and right, companies are shrinking, downsizing things are happening. If the rug gets pulled out underneath you, and I'm also speaking from experience, I've been laid off before and navigated that whole process, so much of that is outside of your control even if you're a high performer, even if you get great marks. And so if that is your anchor, Someone else can pull that from you at any time versus if that anchor is within yourself, regardless of what happens outside of you, you're always going to have that. It's so true. I've been there as well. So yes. Mm-hmm. I also have to say, when you were talking about making people feel seen and understood, I was like, oh, yes, this is true. Because when Ashley and my, I met in person, <laughs> was that Podcast Movement? Yeah, We've been following each other for a while. We met in person at Podcast Movement. And at the end of Podcast Movement, some of us were sitting around in the hotel lobby having drinks. And Ashley goes, wait, can we go around so everyone can tell their story? <laughs> it was like. And it was so sweet (laughs) because you just like wanted everybody to have their space to just like share who they are and everyone gets a turn to feel heard. And it was like so sweet. So I just wanted to make sure we say that like it's very much true. I've experienced it in real life.
1: Thank (laughs) you. you. No, I appreciate that, too, because in different group dynamics, Mm -hmm. I would say it depends on the person Some personalities are different but like the bigger personalities often get the spotlight right and I don't know if people know this about you because you're this huge podcaster but you're actually a bit more introverted mm-hmm. you know yeah. and so I think it was nice that we have to give everyone space because you have this wonderful story that I wanted to hear but You know, the extroverts always take over, Mm -hmm. I've noticed in certain group settings. And then the other thing that I've noticed too about myself is if I'm in conversation with someone and I don't know a lot about them or it's just surface level,
0: I have such a curiosity Mm -hmm. and I don't feel as good context. I do. I do. Yeah. But I think that's what makes you a really great podcaster, which I would love to talk more about podcasting for a bit. Yeah, So glad that we got the origin story of No Straight Path. You're now a little over a year into hosting your podcast. I would love to just hear how that first year has gone. Maybe some of the things that you've learned or some things that have surprised you about podcasting.
1: Yeah. Oh, it has been incredible. I will start with that. Mm -hmm. I will start with how podcasting helped me really truly feel alive again yeah. in certain ways. I think that there's certainly a monotony that comes with legal practice. Mm-hmm. And you are put into a box to a certain extent. I will say that legal practice for me is great. Mm-hmm. It's my zone of excellence. Mm-hmm. But I think that podcasting allowed me to step into my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And that feels incredible, right? It's a form
0: of self-actualization mm-hmm. that I'd never experienced. Yeah can we talk about the difference between a zone of excellence and a zone of genius? Because that was really good.
1: Absolutely. So a zone of excellence is usually a space where people have worked really hard to get to. Mm -hmm. They have a strong, competent skill set. It's usually a professional space where you need higher education or you've been doing it for a year. Mm -hmm. So law is a perfect example of a zone of excellence space, Mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. And it's I feel very privileged to be in this position. Mm-hmm. And the zone of genius space is really your natural gifts and talents mm-hmm. where people will tell you, how do you do that? Mm. And yeah. you're just being yourself. Yeah. And you're just moving through life and you're not putting in the same effort. I'm putting a lot of effort in the podcast. I don't want to say that, that I'm not working hard because I'm working extremely hard. But I think some of the soft skills. Yeah that are just natural, Mm -hmm. right? So interviewing. People have asked me, oh, have you taken classes doing this? And I do witness interviews. Mm -hmm. That's in the white-collar investigations context of my legal practice. Mm -hmm. So a witness interview is very similar to a deposition, Mm -hmm. but it tends to be less adversarial, which is great because that's more indicative of of my personality. (laughs) (laughs) I hate litigation. (laughs) It's so scary. It looks scary. (laughs) My husband's a trial lawyer. But With interviewing on the podcast, you just are curious about the person and the follow up question is pretty natural. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I did a live podcast recently and people were saying, Oh, wow. Like, where did you learn this? Did you go to journalism school? Things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so you start to realize, okay, wait, maybe this is something I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you even get this feedback, but even your voice. Right? Like you have this soothing voice. I'm sure people, I don't know if people have told you this, but I think you do.
0: Thank
1: you. Yeah. And I've gotten that. Mm -hmm. And I just got my voice from my mom. You definitely
0: have a very soothing voice.
1: Thank you. (laughs) And so that's just like being you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's also related to the state of, I believe, flow Mm -hmm. where time is just passing. So I can write, especially solo episodes for hours and think, that no time has passed. Yeah. I've never really felt that with legal practice. Mm-hmm. I see the time passing. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the billable hour. Yes. <laughs> so I think that has, it has allowed me to tap into that. Mm-hmm. And I think, to be quite frank with you, because I'm such a cerebral person, like intellectually curious person, mm-hmm. I'm also spiritual But, like, this whole zone of genius, like, that kind of stuff at first to me just sounded really, like, wooey and not. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I didn't really believe it. Mm -hmm. But then
0: once you experience it, you get it. Yeah. you're like, okay. You tap into it and you're like, wait a minute, I'm feeling something here. I feel this energy. Definitely. I love that explanation. Thank you so much. It sounds like the zone of excellence is that area where maybe throwing it back to, like, outliers where we put in that 10,000 hours and we build the competence to really master a certain area or a certain skill. And that zone of genius is where our natural essence kind of guides us to. And yes, we still need to work at it and learn, but we may be a little bit more naturally inclined in that area. It sounds like. Exactly. There are books and studies
1: because I don't want to act like I'm the expert here that people can go to. Yeah. <laughs> I believe his name is Gay Hendricks. Gay Hendricks. Okay. Yeah. Is Yes. He's mm-hmm. the one who... I think, coined the term. Amazing, Yes. And I believe he is a psychologist. Amazing.
0: Yes. I've seen that name. So we'll have to, I'll find some of his books and link them in the show notes so that people can tap in. Because I know that's something for our audience. You know, we have a lot of, particularly Gen Z and millennial listeners who are in their 20s and 30s who are kind of navigating like, what am I doing? Or why am I doing it? What's next? And so being able to understand where their gifts and talents can lead them, I think is really important.
1: Yeah. And it's just trying new things. Mm -hmm. You just never know. Another thing that I've learned on the podcasting journey is that it can be challenging when you are pursuing your passion Mm -hmm. and creating a business. Yeah. Because my intention, most people create to create. Yeah. Right. You don't think it's going to turn into anything. You're like, what is HubSpot? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't know. And so it initially out the gate it had to be a business for me. Mm -hmm. I had to work towards monetization and growth. And that was a part of the accelerator program. And I think I had some challenges trying to navigate that because I just wanted to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And so it took me some time to think about, okay, Do you really want to do this? Sometimes you test something and you love it and you just want to keep it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Wanna keep it as a hobby, or you know, you don't want to monetize it. Mm -hmm. Because once you get to a point where you need to turn something into a business and monetization, then the market pressures come in. Mm -hmm. Then you are working. Like it is still work. Even if you love it, Mm -hmm. it is still work. Absolutely. And so I didn't really get that in the beginning. And so I had to ask myself those questions. And then I realized, Mm -hmm. okay. I do want to keep going forward with this in this way. Yeah. It might be at a slower pace. It might be as a continual side hustle. Mm -hmm. But I needed to also figure out how to keep the joy. Yes. So what I did was like, okay, every week – I'm gonna try to do an interview where I deeply connect with someone mm-hmm. or do something around the deep connection and storytelling. And then I'm gonna do this day, and it's dedicated to marketing. Mm-hmm. And this day is dedicated to admin. Yeah. You know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So putting in place systems and processes that will help you compartmentalize various tasks so that you mm-hmm. can also make sure you leave room for the joy and why you actually started yeah. and connecting with your why. Mm-hmm. And I think on those days where it got challenging for me, mm-hmm. Thankfully, a listener would reach out yeah. or someone would reach Always. out and say, oh, right on time. this is so helpful right on time mm-hmm. and so I think that's also been a realization too is the passion project turning that to a business and reconciling the various you know struggles I had with that mm-hmm.
0: definitely it is a process because when you start something because you love it and you love the idea of it, it does take some time to be like, okay, how do I keep this?" going and growing and still preserve the things that I love. And I've struggled with that quite a bit, Mm -hmm. having been podcasting for so long. And I go through different seasons of it, some of which are harder than others. But like you said, when people reach out, it's always right on time when that perspective of how you've impacted somebody or how a story that you've shared or facilitated someone else sharing resonates with someone like those messages always come as soon as you need to hear them. It's
1: so true like stories and words. Mm -hmm. They change lives. They inspire action. And sometimes we just don't recognize the value Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Why is sharing our stories so important? Why is it so important to you?
1: It's so important to me because it has literally saved my life. Mm -hmm. That is what I will say. I recently had a guest on Mm -hmm. and she had a podcast out and It's called Return to Self. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my mom was sick, Mm -hmm. I started to listen to her podcast. She had lost her mother as well and Mm -hmm. to cancer. And we, around the same age, just like went to the same school, a lot of background. We went to college together. Mm -hmm. And we weren't close. Mm -hmm. And I told her recently, I said, I loved your podcast. I couldn't listen to the one about your mom because her mom had passed already, and my mom was sick. I was like, yeah. I couldn't listen to it at yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. but the day that my mom passed, I listened to it mm. And I said, "You don't know how much peace that brought me, yeah and how seen I felt mm. and how calm I was able to go through that first day. I remember even my husband was like, "Are you okay? like what? I was like, "I'm okay. yeah, even though I was not okay. yeah, but it was that first. Helpful moment of knowing, okay, she's been through this exact yeah, thing and I'm not alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I felt like that was so incredible. And I just shared that with her recently. Mm-hmm. And in and that's a very deep way of looking at it, but even just the smallest ways, like, oh my gosh, your husband is a trial lawyer or a doctor too, and they work so much you know, great, let me read this blog. How can we get more date nights? Like there's all of these different stories help you navigate your life and make you feel less alone. And I feel like they don't always come out in the professional context. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time working. And so I was like, where can I find these stories? How can I, you know, ask people and not ask too much? And thankfully over time I was able to develop relationships Mm -hmm. where I could ask women, you know, okay, like I haven't had my journey of having children yet, but one woman shared with me, "So, oh, this is a fertility policy at the firm. This is what my husband and I are doing, X, Y, Z. Like Those stories yeah. are extremely helpful yeah. and impactful. And as humans, we need connection
0: and we don't wanna feel alone. Mm-hmm, definitely. And in so many of those instances, we feel alone in that moment because we're so deep in that experience. And I think the older I get, the more I'm realizing that, we're never fully alone. We're never the only one to experience a variation of something and finding ways to connect with other people who have had similar experiences. It's always available to us. I mean, especially now the internet has its, it has its pros and cons, but I do think a big pro is that it does give us the ability to share these stories so that Even if there's not someone maybe in our immediate network, our immediate family or friends who can relate to something, somebody online can relate and is sharing their story. That's it. It, That's exactly it. And I am so grateful for it. Otherwise,
1: you know, it just feels like a lonely journey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's also sometimes, I'm like, have I ever had a unique experience? When I see some (laughs) of the things that people share, I'm like, oh, same, bar for bar, word for word. (laughs) like I had no unique experiences at this point we're all doing the same thing <laughs> right. and feeling the same ways in a lot of ways
1: exactly and we just don't talk about it and mm-hmm. now we're starting to talk about it which is yeah. good exactly
0: yeah especially when we think about professionally all of these things impact how we show up professionally, but we're not really supposed to talk about these things in professional spaces because a lot of talking about the personal or sharing the personal can be deemed as, you know, unprofessional, mm-hmm. which is a problematic label in and of itself. That's That could be a whole episode about right. how problematic the term <laughs> professional is. So it's like we're not supposed to talk about these things at work, but of course they impact how we show up yeah. at work and what we're able to do and how we perform. And so it's such a tricky... Thing to balance
1: yeah no I agree that's why you have to have a tribe like yeah. I have this great tribe of black women at my firm mm-hmm. and we're super close and it's been incredible mm-hmm. uh, and I think close relationships where you can open up with people at work yeah. some people advise against it I get it it's honestly not conducive to my personality I could not survive a workplace without close friends mm-hmm. it's just not going to work for me yeah. know thyself <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah I think it's important definitely
0: So you mentioned earlier your sabbatical, but I would love to dig a little bit more into that because you are currently on a one-year sabbatical from law. I would love to talk a bit more about how you got to that point, how you realized that maybe taking a sabbatical would be a good idea for you and how that's been.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that has been incredible, I will say it started with burnout. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. I was, for the first six months of 2022, yeah. I was balancing the weekly content with the podcast and trying to market it. Yeah. I was balancing my law firm work. I was also planning my wedding. And my husband and I, we were married, but we had a pandemic marriage. So mm-hmm. we finally were going to be able to have our big wedding. And yeah. I am I wanted to be nice. I wanted it and it was great. Mm-hmm. But I was very particular yeah. and it took a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And so the combination of all three of those things, yeah. even though they were all great things and I was getting more opportunities at my job, and I remember I was getting the opportunity to lead a case. Mm-hmm. I remember the counsel calls me and it was like two weeks before my wedding mm-hmm. and I was already burning so much, you know, both ends of the candle yeah. with the podcast and that would have been something I would have been excited about, you know, a year prior to mm-hmm. that. But in that moment, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> what is your curl going to do? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This is going to be too much. I have to figure out how I can make a change. And so I tried to do some things already, uh, you know, problem solve. I'd actually done an episode on periods of imbalance and I mm-hmm. shared how I would know, tried to push some deadlines and do certain things. But it got to the point where... I had to do something bigger Mm -hmm. and I literally had to clear something off my plate. Yep. And that is often what I find. That is a theme in my life. Like in order to get through a period of burnout or to Mm -hmm. avoid burnout, I have to just say no to something, move Mm -hmm. something away from my plate at that time. And at that time, it was legal practice. Mm -hmm. And so – I talked to my firm. I talked to different people at my firm. I talked to the people in my cases. I wanted to make sure I didn't leave them in a bad position. I found other associates that could potentially take over my cases. So I did a lot of legwork before I went to leadership. Mm -hmm. And so when I asked for the sabbatical, they said yes. And they every question they had, I was able to answer. So instead of advocating for a client, I was able to advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting because people use the word brave. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't see it as brave. I saw it as just a need. Yeah. I saw it as, and I, and it was interesting because something on Instagram, talk about how words inspire action and content creation, how that inspires action. Mm-hmm. I saw something on Instagram that said, you know what you need to do. You just need to be brave enough to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm probably misquoting it, but. <laughs> Because <laughs> we get the gist. Yeah. yeah, it didn't have the word brave, but it yeah. was like that. Yeah. And I remember seeing that. I was like, okay, I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I've just got to. Oh, th- this is what it said. The secret to having it all mm-hmm. is figuring out what you need and asking for it. Yes. That is it. Love that was that. a quote. So good. Shout out to Christian Williams who posted it. She's a black woman attorney, has her own law firm, is my attorney. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, next day, went in, and that's when I started to figure things out. So they said Yes. And I asked for a year, not really knowing if I'd need a year, but I knew that it was going to take a lot to grow this brand. Yeah. And I was a new creator, so I was one of the people who came in who had a day job, yeah. who didn't know what a creator was, who didn't know what an impression was, who didn't know. <laughs> it's like another language. Yes, it's a whole nother language. Yeah. But I'm so grateful I did it. Yeah. And so I started by curing my burnout. Mm -hmm. Because I was so burned out, I just needed time Mm -hmm. to just relax. So I gave myself that time and then I started to put systems in place to build out the podcast and try to build out some time for myself, Mm -hmm. reconnect with who I am, and see myself in an institution or outside of institutions of privilege that I've navigated my entire life. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much of an armor. I always had on,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, but I'm finally working in a context where I don't have that. Yeah. And so you feel free. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is freedom? Yeah. (gasps) Like, this is, you know— when capitalism is put on pause, mm-hmm. I can just be. <laughs> I could just be. Yeah. And I feel like I'm such an advocate for sabbaticals and I think everyone should have them. I know I'm so privileged to have one, but I, there is a movement mm-hmm. and I've been getting in contact with these sabbatical people okay. and they are trying to advocate at different corporations and create yeah. better policies in American
0: society for people to rest. Yeah. Because I think we need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as someone who has been very just high achieving and very goals driven, was it hard at first to slow down? And what was that adjustment like for you? Yes. Yes, it was hard. Mm -hmm.
1: It was. I think because initially the only thing that made me slow down, honestly, was external factors. Again, (laughs) I'm working on it. But essentially, I was in a really fast moving accelerator Mm -hmm. that, had a lot of requirements, yeah. and I was fortunate enough to get into a different program, the Emerging Creator program with mm-hmm. HubSpot, mm-hmm. and that lengthened the timeline for yeah. me, and with that, I was able to slow down. Nice. So I'm grateful for that, but before, Definitely. no, I was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was able to give you a little bit more space. Exactly, mm-hmm. because I have a longer time period to yeah. grow the brand. yeah. Uh, to move at a better pace. And it has been very instrumental, you know, to my mental health and my happiness and my joy and kind yeah. of connecting back to my why yeah. and not just focused on the numbers because in law it's a billable hour. But in podcasting and marketing, it's impressions and downloads. Like All of these external numbers are still dictating how we move through the world. And so you always have to come back to self. You always have to say, okay, what do I want to do? How am I going to move forward despite
0: this external pressure? Because I'm realizing it exists everywhere. It does. It really does. And- with podcasting, that can be so hard because things can vary so much. If you have one episode that like does really well and gets a bunch of downloads, and then the next week, maybe that episode gets fewer and it doesn't resonate as much. And that can be kind of an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. to navigate. And something that I've had to learn is like, do I feel good about the content that, that I've put out? Do I feel good about that conversation that I had? And measuring its success by how good I feel about it and the quality of conversation as opposed to how many downloads it gets. But that is really hard, especially as a content creator. A lot of your metrics and numbers are kind of on display. Like they're on blast for a lot of people to see, which is also nerve wracking. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is.
1: That's hard. Mm -hmm. It is really hard. I think I've started to just give myself grace I just look back at everything I've accomplished in one year of podcasting. Which is amazing. Thank you. And I just feel very grateful. Yeah. One exercise I like to do Mm -hmm. when I feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I haven't done enough. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to my legal practice. is just I literally would look at my calendar Mm -hmm. for the last week or even look at the last month. Yeah. And think about everything you've done. Just look at all those meetings you've attended, Mm -hmm. whatever speaking events you might have done, whatever, you know, whatever context it is. If you're in marketing, like there's so many different this is applicable to every profession. Yeah. We are all doing so much mm-hmm. and we just forget. We don't take stock of it. Yeah. So I think it's important to do that. And then that's gonna help you feel better. And then the other thing too that I think about is like I've been working towards my biggest dreams, as you know, since I was 10. Yeah. I started this a year ago.
0: Yeah. I got a long game perspective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. And sometimes too, to that point, being realistic with ourselves about things taking time and allowing ourselves space to like grow into those things. And I think because a lot of things feel very immediate, especially with content, it can seem like, okay, I put it out there. It needs to blow up right away when the reality is it often takes a lot longer.
1: Yeah. No, that's so true. Mm -hmm. And I think the stories on my podcast help me just always stay grounded. Mm -hmm. Because I always, I'm interviewing lots of different people from different walks of life, Mm -hmm. but they all have a number of things in common.
0: But one is none of them were an overnight success. Yep. Exactly. Always. Yep. Exactly. And especially those people who have long-term sustained success often takes longer to build versus the things that come really quickly, such as maybe having a viral moment, those tend to end as quickly as they started. And I don't know, it makes me really an advocate for kind of sustainable growth, especially when it comes to content.
1: Yes, completely agree. I always use the analogy of the stock market.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what was those meme stocks? What was GameStop as an example when it was going up during the pandemic. Yep. And I was like, I don't trust this stock. Mm-hmm. This growth is too fast. Yep. What's going on? Yep. Like, let's do the S&P 500 with that's normal, Exactly. <laughs> that normal growth yep. kind of thing. You know, I'm always mm-hmm. skeptical of things that maybe might grow too quickly or how are you going to sustain, essentially, is always my question. And I'm skeptical sometimes, too, because I'm just an attorney. So
0: (laughs) don't, you know, everybody, please be positive and optimistic. But But it's good to have that perspective because also, too, what tends to make you successful, especially in this space, is people connecting with you. So those quick moments of virality are maybe really great if it's a soundbite that people like, but that's often not enough for people to get really invested in you and what you're sharing. And that's usually what you need for that long-term sustainable growth. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. So it's great
1: to have a viral moment, mm-hmm. but be prepared. Yeah. Be ready. Have that great content to back ready up. to back it up. Keep exactly. around. Retention, yeah, is important.
0: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Ashley, this has been so wonderful. Before we wrap up, I would love to get into just some fun, kind of rapid fire favorites of just things that you're loving. I know you mentioned earlier that you like to shop. I'm entering into my shopping girl era. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't for so long because I was so frugal when I was just at different points in my career and on my student loan journey and all of these things. And yes. now I'm like, okay. Let me breathe a little bit. Maybe if I like a nice thing, maybe there's a little room for it to happen. Yeah. Um, so let's chat about some of your favorites. First, any favorite wellness practices, classes, or things that you're loving right now?
1: Absolutely. So
0: my wellness is
1: soca. So mm-hmm. I'm, my family is Guyanese. Mm-hmm. We just had a big charity event for my grandmother's nonprofit this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was on the dance floor. I was like the last person on the dance floor. <laughs> Literally, they have videos of me and my two cousins yeah. dancing the entire time. I try to dance to soca about four times a week. Love it. It, it just makes me so happy. Yes. It brings me so much joy. So I'm not sure if that's a wellness practice, Absolutely. but yeah, dance and yeah. soca
0: specifically. Yeah. Movement, moving that energy. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Any favorite skincare or hair care things that you're loving right now? I'm so not good at this stuff. So that's, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just naturally have gorgeous skin that is like actually flawless.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. It's, that's a surprising thing about me is I think people think I'm into like skincare and mm-hmm. like I don't know anything. I use Cetaphil. Mm-hmm. Love that. That is what I use. That's I mean, all I know. It's gorgeous. Thank Keep you. doing
0: what you're doing. It's clearly working. <laughs> thank you. So. Any favorite books or music that you're loving right now?
1: Yes. So just finished up yesterday. The Good Enough Job Reclaiming Your Life from Work. Mm. Yes. By Simone Stolzoff. He mm-hmm. actually just came on my podcast. Mm-hmm. I just pitched him. He's an Atlantic writer. He's an Atlantic writer. And so I just thought the whole concept is like what we've been talking oh about. Gosh, How kind, do you, yeah. yeah, decouple? And he literally gives strategies. For how do you decouple work from self? Yeah. So highly recommend that. Amazing. Music. Oh, I'm still that same girl. I'm just listening to Soka and Mm Afrobeats. I'm also, my husband is Nigerian. Mm -hmm. Not that he even listens to it, but I like, love the music from the continent.
0: Yes. (laughs) Love it. Love to see it. Amazing. (laughs) And then favorite places to shop right now. What are you shopping for and where do you like to go? So I'm on the
1: opposite Level with you. Now, yeah. <laughs> listen, because I was shopping too much as an attorney. And now that your girl is building out this entrepreneurial v- venture, yeah, I have been like not shopping. But I always shop at like – where do I shop? I usually shop at Revolve, mm-hmm. Aritzia. Mm-hmm. I love Aloe. Mm-hmm. And Urban Outfitters. Mm-hmm. That's where these jeans are from. Oh,
0: super cute.
1: Thank you. And another kind of smaller brand – is 12th Tribe oh, online like brand. That. Yeah, I like them. They just yeah. have cute... It keeps me young, yeah. you know? Like It keeps me looking a little Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I want some Gen Z-inspired clothing, yeah. I will go there. Yeah, those love, are my places.
0: I, I mean, those are all like solid go-to's. Oh, yeah, you. places <laughs> that I'm just now starting to like... <laughs> evolve into, but solid picks all the way around.
1: Thank you. Yes. Yes. And I also, I know you didn't ask this, but my big thing is reality TV. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really into Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. This last season It was, was wild.
0: Very wild. Yes. It was. I watched the first season, and then I didn't watch seasons two and three because I just honestly kind of forgot about it. But then everybody was talking about season four and it was in Seattle where I'm from. And I was like, okay, I need to watch it. Yeah. And it was messy. I'm like, season one wasn't that messy. It was so messy. No, it wasn't. No, (laughs) this one was excellent. Excellent TV. (laughs) Yeah, it was. There was a lot of, I mean, I love watching other people's mess. Yeah. And uh, from a safe distance. And it was perfect for that.
1: And no, that's honestly why I like reality TV. It doesn't need to be in my life. Exactly. But there's also this human need for that mm-hmm. from a psychological perspective. We mm-hmm. should you know, tone it in, but I feel like, okay, reality TV is a little healthy way to engage in that. Exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today. Please let our audience know where they can find you and how they can keep in touch with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've
1: loved this conversation. I am on all social media platforms. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Ashley Menzies, Babatunde there. And on Instagram, Miss Menzies, M-S underscore M-E-N-Z-I-E-S. And then the No Straight Path Instagram is No Straight Path. So no Underscore straight underscore path. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm not on, I have a TikTok, but I'm not on it really. I'm going to get there one day, but really Instagram and LinkedIn is how I communicate with listeners. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. I mean, honestly,
0: with TikTok, it's fun. I love TikTok, but like you probably have a lot more life back and you're not like doing as much damage to your brain as those of us who spend too much time on TikTok. (laughs) So I wouldn't rush over there. I hear it's so fun, but yeah, I yes. haven't gotten into it yet. Yeah. Take your time. Whenever, whenever you're you know, ready for it, it'll maybe be there. I don't know. It could get banned. We'll see. I don't know. I can't guarantee it'll be there, but right. take your time. <laughs> no need to rush over there. <laughs> and then of course, No Straight Path, your podcast, we will link it in the show notes so that everyone can listen and subscribe, rate, review all the good things that everybody needs to do to support yes. the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you love this conversation. We're going to have more conversations all month long of Black women doing cool shit. So make sure you're subscribed to Balance Black Girl on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. If you haven't left us a rating and review and you like this conversation, go ahead and drop that five stars. Help us out. In the show notes, we will have all of Ashley's information, as well as our special hookup codes from our amazing sponsors who are hooking us up with discounts and special goodies. So make sure you don't miss it. I'll see you next week.